In our lessons this morning, we have before us basic existential questions. That is, questions that are about our very existence. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Questions for us to answer. To answer in our minds and in our hearts. As Christians... We often don't pay a lot of attention to the Old Testament. It's true of clergy sometimes too. We look forward and we relish our readings from the epistles, from the gospels. In Jewish scripture and in the Psalms, we, we see quaintness, good stories, David and Goliath. Samson and Delilah, Cain and Abel, and others. We find life's lessons abounding in the Old Testament. But as 21st century Christians, we don't know how the Old Testament connects with our own faith, except in the most general ways. Nor do we realize the story of God's relationship to his people is a continuous story beginning with Adam throughout the Old Testament through those great stories I just mentioned through the New Testament, through the life of Jesus through his crucifixion, through his resurrection, through his ascension and right on through the story of his body. That's us, the church. And through our own faith stories, even today. It is when, my brothers and sisters, it is when we begin to understand these connections and the lengths that God goes to in his faithfulness to us. I said that right. His faithfulness to us. It is then that we can begin to mount up on the wings with wings like eagles and run the race of life without being weary. This morning we have both an Old Testament lesson and a psalm that begin to help us grasp, to get our arms around who our God is and what he seeks to do for us. It helps us understand how we can put ourselves in a position. Put ourselves in a position where we can communicate with God. In a position in which God will delight in responding to our needs. Our lesson from Isaiah this morning is written at a time when the nation of Israel is being released from captivity, released from their exile in Babylon 
This is a time when many questioned and wondered, why God? Why have you forsaken your people? Why aren't you active in our lives? Why aren't you active in the welfare of our nation? They wondered why he turned away, why he paid them no attention. These concerns and these doubts about God are put forth in a series of rhetorical questions. And in our lesson this morning, the prophet Isaiah answers those questions by pointing out that God created the world and he controls the heavens. Our psalmist tells us that that God creates and even names the stars. In reminding us of God's power and God's wisdom, we are given a picture of a God who responds, who is present and active in the world. Now we ourselves, we might recognize that the that our own inability to hear and to know God is as prevalent today as it was in the prophet's time. Like those in Isaiah's time, we might misunderstand our inability to hear and to know God. We might mistake that for God being absent in the world. Isaiah's words ring just as true in our ears today as they did during the exile. God takes no pleasure. God takes no pleasure in human prowess or human accomplishment. But only in our vulnerability and our openness to him. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why it is apparently so easy for someone who is in crisis to find God? And why it's apparently so hard for the prosperous, for the successful to get near him? Haven't you wondered why hitting the rock bottom so improves communication with the Lord? Here we have Isaiah and our psalmist both giving us this age-old explanation. It is clear, it is clear through their eyes That the ruler and the creator of the world is also the redeemer of the weak. It is clear to them that the one who puts the stars in the skies and gives them their names is the same one, the very same one who stoops to aid the helpless. To them it is clear that the one who has sovereignty over all things, heaven and earth, is the same one that topples the wicked powers and lifts up the downtrodden. The same one who shows divine passion 
and compassion on our account. The frail, the exiled, the fallen, the crushed. Though we might not realize it, those are precisely the people who are closest to God. Nearest to his grace and to his empowerment. Weakness and powerlessness are never, ever roadblocks to God's grace and love. While they're opposites, strength and power most assuredly keep God at a distance. My brothers and sisters, the nation of Israel suffered. They suffered in exile for the excesses of their prowess. We too can learn that God doesn't need to see from us displays of our personal power, displays of our self-reliance, but rather he rejoices in our vulnerability in our openness, in our reliance on him alone. He's pleased. He's pleased when we yield ourselves to him. Fully vulnerable. You see, we are paradoxically empowered by his love for us, And our awe of him. Our God. Our God is indeed a preferential God. Who gives power to the faint. And strengthens the powerless. While withering the self-reliant. God delights in our long-suffering. In our patience. He relishes in our hope. Our awe and our faith. And he is joyful, joyful in recognition, in our recognition of his sovereignty. God's sovereignty consists of and is the essence of his faithful love. God's sovereignty is his faithfulness to us as his people as his children, as the sheep of his pasture. God's faithfulness to us as Christians has been displayed before the whole world in the gift of his son on our behalf. Jesus' sacrifice, his resurrection, and his ascension were all outward and demonstrable signs of God's faithfulness. The story of the Old Testament is inextricably linked to our own time and coupled with our own faith. It is an overarching story of God's love for us In the Old Testament, we have God creating the world and the universe. In the New Testament, we have the same God 
creating all things anew through his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. In the Old Testament, we have God giving a sacred covenant to his people, a covenant of his faithfulness to them. In the New Testament, God is offering a new covenant to his people. Creation and covenant are the hallmarks of God's love and faithfulness, of his affection and his fealty to his people throughout all time and all history. But like the people of the prophet's time, we can mistake our own inability to see, to hear, and to feel God in our world because of confidence in our own abilities and our own self-absorption. While it's not in our lessons this morning, the Apostle Paul tells us that calling upon the name of the Lord and confessing the name of Jesus Christ, we will be saved. God gives us Jesus. He gives us Jesus as his agent in the new creation and in his redemption. And as we accept the offer of God's love and of God's grace extended to us through his Son, and we forsake our self-centeredness and our self-reliance, we are able, we are able to open ourselves to the power of God and to his faithfulness. We can do this as we accept Jesus into our daily lives. We are given the help of God through the presence of his Son and the Holy Spirit. Just like the nation of Israel following their exile, we too, we too can experience the power of God in the redemption of his people. We too can have hopeful expectation of his grace. To wait for the Lord, whether it is in the 6th century B.C. or today, is to have confidence in God's faithfulness. And to remember with awe his creation, both old and new. And to remember that God is faithful to his promises, to his covenants, both old and new. To whom then, to whom then can we compare him? Who is his equal? None are his equal. For us as Christians, we understand that we are part of a long and continuing history of God's faithfulness. From millennia to millennia, from century to century, from day to day, from hour to hour. We are part of that long, continuing history. We are part of his plan. We are able to put aside our own devices and our own desires when we realize that. 
and rely on him and him alone. Then, then we shall be renewed in our strength and mount up with wings like eagles. Then we can run and not be weary. Then we can walk and not be faint. The Lord has pleasure in those who fear him. In those who await his gracious favor. Hallelujah.